Good morning, everyone. Today we celebrate this Sunday, the Feast of the Epiphany. For us, the Epiphany is a very familiar story we remember in the Bible of the three Magi. We just heard proclaim the gospel, where they go and seeing the sign of the star in the sky, uh, they see the, newborn, the sign of the newborn king of the Jews is born. And after going to Bethlehem, uh, speaking with Herod and the chief priests and the scribes, they discern the location of the Christ child. And they go and they pay him homage, offering gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But there's a key element in that biblical account that we can miss. And the key element is that the Magi only knew the identity of who, this, of who the king was and only ascertained the location after consulting with the sources of God's revelation of himself, the scriptures. And so for us, it speaks to us that in our quest and journey for God, we must find him and consult the sources in which he has revealed himself to humanity. And so those two truths, those two points is what I want to expand on today. That mankind, that we quest, we have a quest for God, a search for God, because we are religious in nature. And then two, that we need to consult the sources of revelation to find him. And so let's take a look at that first point, is that mankind is a religious, man is a religious being by his nature. And so we read in the catechism, it says, the desire for God is written in the human heart because man is created by God and for God. And God never ceases to draw man to himself. Only in God will he find the truth and happiness he never stops searching for. So here the catechism is describing that all of us, we have built within us because we are made by God, this longing, this desire for God. And so our desire for God, our search for him is given to us because in God, we only find in him our life and happiness we are looking for. And so all of us, not just the Magi, all of us are searching for God. The catechism continues. It says in many ways throughout history, down to the present day, men have given expression to their quest for God in their religious beliefs and behavior, in their prayers, sacrifices, rituals, meditations, and so forth. These forms of religious expression, despite the ambiguities, ambiguities they often bring with them, are so universal that one may well call man a religious being. And so therefore, because that desire for God is built within us, because throughout history and universally, we see that we express that desire for God through our religious beliefs and behaviors, we could say rightly so that mankind is religious in nature. Now this goes directly against the grain, goes in direct contrast to what we can sometimes hear in our culture, that I am spiritual and not religious. But the thing is what we hear then is that this goes direct contrast that we're religious in nature, but what do they say when they say I'm spiritual, not religious, that I'm a seeker, not a believer? See what they say, uh, those who believe it, they say that religion is divisive in nature and it's unnecessary. They say much, it's much better than to grasp. It's much better to grasp 
and understand the spiritual principles and convictions that underlie each individual religion rather than to adhere to a particular religion. They say it's better to do that than, and also to avoid any semblance of arrogance to claim that a religion has truth revealed to it by God and therefore the other religions are wrong. And in doing so, what it also does, this God of spirituality, what they hear, is it turns God into a distant and abstract force in the background of life. And so turning God into this distant force, they have this quest for God, but they have this quest for this God of spirituality on their own and on their own terms. But see, in this way, without religion, Seeking God in this way, being spiritual or religious, we're never going to be able to know the mind of God. The person is never going to be able to know the purposes and the ways in which God works and acts and speaks to us. The God of spirituality does not have a living and personal God that it communicates himself to us. See, it's much like this, to use an analogy to help illustrate this example. It's like trying to know a person from a distance, from afar. You know, what we can tend to do is that when we're trying to get to know someone from afar, right, we observe them, we observe their actions, and we insert them into our frame of reference and try to know them by our criteria, by certain, and draw conclusions from what we see and observe. But then we can be completely blown away when we actually begin to speak to the person and the person reveals to you uh, all their thoughts, their beliefs, their conviction, desires. And it's only truly when they share with you their mind and heart that you say, oh, okay, I was wrong. I, I know who you are. So in that way, religion, God speaking to us through revelation, he's helping us know his mind, his purposes and ways. To use an older analogy, trying to seek God without religion is much like trying to find, uh, trying to, to tune in to our radio station, right? We, we can't find the music, we can't find our station until we tune in to the right frequency, avoiding all the static until we hit the sweet spot. Well, in that same way, that is what religion is. It helps direct and guide our quest for him, to guide our quest to the right frequency, to hear how God is speaking to us and to see the ways in which he's uh, revealing, himself, revealing himself to us. And so man, mankind, all of us, you and I, religious in nature, we have that quest for God. But we can only find God by finding that source of revelation, which leads us to our second point, is that the Magi, it was only after consulting with the experts, the representatives of the Israelite religion, the chief priests and the scribes, those who were experts in the way God has revealed himself to us uh, in the scriptures through the words of the prophets. It was only by uh, consulting with them who knew the sources of revelation that they were able to ascertain that the Christ child was to be born in Bethlehem. They were able to go and follow him and discover who Christ was. And so for all of us, our desire for God can only come so, can only take us so far. We too need to consult those sources of revelation. 
And for us, we have the scriptures, the Bible, the Old Testament, whereby in signs and shadows, it points directly to Jesus Christ in the New Testament. The New Testament where Jesus Christ reveals the full, uh, fullness revelation, the fullness of God's plan. In Jesus, the word of God himself reveals the Father to us. And then the church, which safeguards what Christ has taught us uh, and preserves it throughout the centuries and who has the Holy Spirit promised to us by Jesus himself, the church also interprets correctly what Jesus has told us in the scriptures. And so together for us, the sources of revelation, the sacred scriptures, sacred tradition, the church and her teachings, that is the way in which God has communicates himself to us. And so that is where our quest for God, that is where we meet him. So then how many of us are searching for God outside of scripture, outside of the church and her teachings, outside of even a personal relationship with God? And we see then how silly it is that in our quest for God, that we try to find him without practicing our faith, having, without having recourse to religion, recourse to revelation by God. Notice too, that in the gospel, it wasn't just the Magi who were trying to ascertain, trying to find the location of the Christ child, but King Herod too. Now Herod, he wasn't truly the king of Israel. He was a placeholder. He was a substitute king. And so Herod, knowing that the birth of a real king is a threat to his power, he sought to find the child Jesus. And he also consulted uh, the source of revelation to destroy the child Jesus, to destroy this rival to his way of life, to his power. And so for us, some of us, some of us, we have to be honest with ourselves that some of us only want to find God so that we can destroy his influence in our lives. Perhaps some of us, or those we know, we don't really want to go every weekend to Mass. We don't, have to, we don't want to read the scriptures. We don't want to have recourse to the church, which he says, or even in prayer, because we don't want those sources to influence us. We know that those sources of, of revelation has the power to change us and we don't want to be changed. And so we seek out where those uh, sources are to eliminate it from our lives. Now, so we hear this, so we hear that all of us are religious in nature, that we're seeking God, that we consult revelation to find him. Some of us may see in ourselves that uh, perhaps we may not feel this desire and so we see that there are actually some things that prevent us from either actively seeking out the Lord and consulting the source of revelation or maybe cause us to forget about this call of us to be for God, to go to God, or even ignore or explicitly reject it. And so I just want to briefly go over six ways uh, that possible causes that might prevent us from seeking the Lord, especially that we hear revealed in the catechism. See, the first reason why what some of us might, what might prevent us from seeking the Lord is a revolt against the evil in the world. Here's what I mean. I mean that some of us, when we see the injustices that occur all over the world, and we have the anger that comes from it, that anger can begin to, that anger and that seeing the injustice can begin to take over our heart. 
it takes our heart and in it, it doesn't allow us to search for God, keeps us stuck in it. You might even say that when we see it says, no, this world is not compatible with a God, a loving God. And so in the midst of the injustices, it takes our heart, it leaves us unwilling to move, to search for God and consult the source of revelation. Another cause for some of us might be religious ignorance or indifference. Maybe we might just not be aware of what the Christian message is, what it means for our life. We might not know who God is or how to, or what the sources of revelation are. Or we might know it, but we're just indifferent to it. We just might not care, just not relevant to our lives. Related to that, a third cause can be then that we're filled with the cares and the riches of this world. We're filled and preoccupied with what the world can offer us. We're seeking worldly status and power, seeking the riches and um, the fame of, and just preoccupied with what everyone thinks of us, focusing on our worldly goals and ambitions of our careers and lives. So even this might cause us to forget about God, to overlook Him, or just choose not to go to Him. Another reason that might prevent us from seeking him is the scandal on the part, the scandal, the bad example on the, on the part of fellow believers. Some of us, as we're seeking the Lord and trying to discover him, we see uh, our, perhaps our fellow believers, fellow Christians, and we're scandalized by their bad example. It may cause us to say, I want nothing to do with that religion. Another cause, a, four, a fifth cause, is that we are being taken, uh, we're taken with the currents of thought that are hostile to religion. Think of uh, ideologies or philosophies like materialism or of Marxism, even of woke ideology, things in which it tries to reject a higher authority and power, reject religion and seek its own fulfillment and progress by its own power and will. And so if we are not careful with it, we may be taken up with it. Or maybe just the hostile thought against the church and her sexual teaching as well. Thinking of it as bigotry uh, or, or discriminatory, whatever it may be. And so we're caught up with that swell. And so we take up those thoughts that are hostile to religion. It may cause us to reject or just not seek the Lord. And finally, another reason that might prevent us from coming to him is the attitude of sinful man which makes him hide from God out of fear and has him flee his call. Some must just out of a distorted view of God or this irrational fear of God. We're just afraid of approaching him or we're just afraid of hearing what he might ask of us to do, of how he might change our lives. Still, Despite all these reasons and causes that might prevent us from seeking him and consulting those sources of revelation, the truth remains that God never ceases in calling us. God never ceases in inviting us and engaging us, drawing us to himself and showing us the way to salvation, the way to him. It also means that we're encouraged then that in our search for God, that the search for God demands every effort of intellect. It requires a sound will. It requires an upright heart. 
mean this desire to search and will the good, to look for the good, means living an upright, morally virtuous and honest life. And also requires the witness of others who can point us and direct us and show us how to seek God and consult those sources of revelation. And so together with that effort, together with that in God's grace, we can find him and consult those sources. And so to end, I just wanna offer you just those points of uh, reflection, those, those questions. Just ask yourself that are you aware? Are you aware that you have this innate desire for God? That because you are made by him, you are made for him. Are you looking for God? Are you consulting the ways in which he has given himself, communicate himself to you? And are you looking for him in the wrong places?